Hey, beautiful friends. Welcome to the Savor Podcast. We're so excited for you to join us today as we dive into the goodness of God together. Our hope is for you to be encouraged, challenged, and entertained as you listen to hosts Stacy and Suzanne, along with special guests as they have honest and real conversations about how to savor God's word as they grow in their relationship with Christ. We hope you'll encourage a friend or two to listen with you so you can keep the conversations going. We're all about community here. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the Saver Podcast. We are so glad you are joining us today. Today will be part two of our peace talk. (laughs) Yes, welcome to our peace talks. So how have you been, Stacey? I've been pretty good. It's been, actually, that's a total lie. (laughs) I think last... I think last episode we talked about, you asked me how I was, and I was like, well, I've been crying the last few minutes before we get ready, and today you have been not crying, but... No, yes, I did. did You you? can be honest. I was sitting at my table. Well, I didn't want to say that for you, but yeah. (laughs) Yes. I was sitting at the table crying today. Um, The irony of what we are recording today is not lost on me, that it has probably been the past week has been the least calm week of my life in the last couple of years and so to prepare and do a podcast on how to have peace in the middle of a storm this one today ladies is coming from a very raw place (laughs) and isn't I mean really that is I felt like that when we were talking about um it was a few a couple podcasts ago where we were talking about taming the tongue or speaking life or something like that and I was in a really difficult spot with trying to really do that so God's good like that because I'm sure there's been some level of this that's been helpful to you as you think about this you might not feel it really well but yeah it's probably been helpful would you say so helpful so incredibly helpful I mean it was amazing to me and I kind of chuckled a few times at the Lord like oh do you think maybe Lord I wouldn't have studied this so hard had I not so desperately needed it so wherever you are today if this meets you in a place where there's a lot of chaos in your life and a lot of things that are disruptive or out of order just know that's where I did a lot of the studying for this was in a place of disruption and disorder in my life so it has brought me peace and I am sitting here right now with peace and it's not because there are things that are completely in order things are a little bit chaotic in different areas of my life right now and um, I still have God's peace through it because I have good friends that will let me sit at my kitchen table and cry so you need one of those too I hope every one of you listening has a friend that will let you cry at their table Um, well I've cried at your table many times so um, I'm glad you're crying at your table now today, not me. Oh, you're, because, you're glad I'm crying yeah, at my sometimes, table? <laughs> sometimes, I will tell you, sometimes I'm like, I'm so glad. And I bet there's someone else listening who feels like this. Like, you feel like, I am not glad and happy that you're going through things that you're going through that are causing you this chaotic feeling and this just like a storm kind of, you know. But I, it, I guess sometimes I'm glad that you trust me that you will talk to me about it because I feel like I'm always the one. You know what I mean? Isn't that so funny? That is such a lie from the enemy because I feel like I'm always the one. I feel like I am a burden to us in our friendship. And I never feel like you're always the one. So that's so weird. How- it is because I'm like, God, Stacey never needs me for anything. Like, you know, and I think back and I'm like, I mean, we've talked about stuff. and But I just feel like I'm the always the one that feels like, you know, my life is imploding. Um, but 
and it's not. That's just how you feel in the moment. But it, so I guess as a friend, I mean, it's nice to be able to be your friend and be with you through those those times is what I mean. I'm not, I would rather you not have to go through it, but. Right. Anyway, now I'm like backpedaling. So let's just move forward. (laughs) Yes, let's just, let's just move forward. It is good to be here today. So I think that as we get into talking about peace and that you've shared with us, this has not been a very peaceful time in your life and it's been not calm is what you just said. Like, how do you like get through that? Like, how did you get to a place where you feel like you can say, I have peace? You might not feel like you have peace all the time, but what does that look like, I guess, kind of? Yeah. So I think it just is where we're going to start today is the recognition that I have to fight for peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a scripture in Psalm 34 that says, seek peace and pursue it. And then First Peter 3, 10 through 11, actually, Peter is quoting Psalm 34 and The actual verse there says, whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. And in the last week, I have been very tempted to allow my tongue (laughs) to spew some pretty strong venom. Um, And I think... I had to recognize, like the verse says, whoever desires to love life and see good days. And I had to decide, I don't want chaos and turmoil. I want good days. I want peaceful rest. The other night, um, we had a very intense, chaotic, stressful drive for a couple of hours coming home from my son's soccer game. It was just my husband and I in the car. And for the entire two hours, it was nonstop chaotic phone calls that we were dealing with. Mm -hmm. And we finally got in our bedroom around 1130 at night, knowing my husband was going to have to get up and be at work by 630 the next morning. And we shut the bedroom door and I looked at him and I said, that chaos can stay out there. It is not welcome in here tonight. I want peaceful sleep tonight. So I had to fight for it by actually verbalizing that. And I think that's what we're seeing in First Peter 3. Um, you know, we have to desire that we don't want peace because this is a hard thing to say, but have you ever met those people and it just seems like their life goes from one chaotic event to the next? Yeah, that's how I feel like you think about me. <laughs> no, I don't think that about you. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I think that's what kind of what we were, I think maybe on some level we often feel like we are that person. Yes, yes. But we, you and I are not those people, but there are some people who thrive in chaos. And oh, they, yes. They intentionally, in chaos. they intentionally okay. create it and they would rather have chaos. I'm tracking with you now. Yes. yes. And when there's no trouble, they try to stir up trouble. Mm-hmm. And I think what Peter is saying, hey, you have to desire to have good days and to want to live. And that's what has gotten me through is choosing, no, I want peace. I don't want chaos. I want peace. Yeah, I was looking this up this morning because I knew we were talking about this, obviously, but um, a couple years ago, I think, at Encounter, I was trying to find my notes from Encounter. It was the year that we taught about hope. Oh, yeah. And I actually used this um, Psalm 34, what is it, Uh, 14, where it talks about seeking peace and pursuing it. And so I had done kind of like a little word, I mean, dive on seek, Mm. Um, and it was 
you know, desire it. So are you desiring peace, which kind of sounds like what you're talking about. Like some people crave the chaos um, for all different kind of reasons, probably that a therapist could help you with. But um, and the other one that I really liked, part of that word means finding it, Mm. finding peace. And I always love the saying that you can't find something you're not looking for. Oh, that's good. So, you know, thinking about it in that sense really, really helped me um, because it's sometimes it feels like a choice. Yeah, it is a choice. Right. And it doesn't mean, again, I think we talked about this a little bit last time. It doesn't mean that your circumstances are peaceful and calm. It means you're choosing to, I think, invite the Holy Spirit into that circumstance with you to give you his peace. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that kind of brings us to that next question, that idea of what what does steal our peace? So we recognize that we have to choose peace and want peace and desire good life. And the good life, ladies, is the God life. Like there is no good life outside of God. You might think it's good and it might feel good and look good, but it's temporary. And it may just be temporary this side of heaven, but the real good life we have to choose is God's plan for our life. And so we have to recognize that we have to fight for it. So what steals your peace? What are some things, Suzanne, that can steal your peace? Um, I think a lot of things can steal our peace, but a lot of times I don't think we're recognizing that that thing is stealing peace from us. Um, For me, specifically, I think because my mind is in this circumstance thing, but doubt can steal my peace, Mm. which... Yeah. It's not like I can just get away from doubt, but how do I handle the doubt? What do I do with the doubt? Mm. Um, so I think that's a big one to yeah. say and to be someone that loves Jesus and trusts him. And I know he's faithful. I still struggle with that sometimes. Yeah. Well, because I think that that idea of doubt, sometimes it, I dance with doubt mm. and I dance around doubt and mm. I slow dance with doubt. And I think for me, that is definitely something that can steal my peace instead of diving into the doubt. And what do I mean by that? Like dance with doubt versus diving into the doubt. So dancing with doubt is just kind of entertaining it, thinking about the what ifs and ooh, what if this happens? What if that happens? And you're just dancing with it. But if you dive into it, then you take it to the next level. What is the deepest fear or doubt that you have? Let's go to the heart of that. And what does God's word say to counteract that? So that's a really important thing to think about when we're thinking about things that steal our peace. That's so good. Yeah, that's that's really good, dancing without or diving into it. And, and I think naming it, naming yeah. whatever the things are that steal your peace, which you're going to have to figure out. But I just thought of one that I actually wrote last week, not realizing it is probably stealing my peace. Um, and I wrote it when I was spending time with God, and I'm not really sure exactly all the things it means, but regret. Yeah. Regret. If you're focusing, so maybe it's a lot of your thoughts. Yeah, I definitely think because like I also had written down some things that rejection, disappointment, Mm. abandonment, all of those things, again, control our thoughts. And we're going to get into in a few minutes how to work on that and what happens when we entertain those negative thoughts. But I think, again, when we think about regrets, if we stay in those regrets and we just 
think about them over and over again. We ruminate on those regrets and ruminate, you know, is I've heard, oh yeah, I have ruminating thoughts. And I thought that just meant repetitive thoughts. But when I really dug into it, rumination actually involves negative thinking or dwelling on negative feelings and distress and their causes. And so to ruminate on something is absolutely in the negative. It's not just a reoccurring thought, but it's a reoccurring negative thought. And so dancing with doubt and having regrets for sure can be ruminating on those thoughts. Another thing that I think is really, I think it's really pertinent to our culture right now. I was just thinking of this. Um, in fact, I have a patient who is very anxious, like all the time, worried about everything. And so I'm asking him, I'm like, well, what do you do and, you know, what do you like to do during the day? Well, I mostly sit around and watch news. I'm like, well, my goodness, no wonder you're so anxious. You know, it's like, what are we putting in our head? Like when you said the negativity, it kind of made me think of like our news feeds. Oh, what, yeah. are, what are we feeding to our brain all day? Yeah. And all of those things will steal our peace from us. Um, whatever is feeding us. And I love Psalm 34 where it says, David is writing, taste and see that the Lord is good. And when David was writing Psalm 34, he was in the cave of Adlam. It's coming out of 1 Samuel chapter 21 or 22. David basically had fled from King Saul. Jonathan had told David, hey, listen, if my dad is trying to kill you, I'm going to send you these signals with these arrows. It's a really cool story. You should read out of 1 Samuel 20. And, um, Jonathan basically said, hey, David, my dad is trying to kill you. You're right. And Jonathan looked at David and said, go in peace. And so David took off, ran with nothing. He had no food. He had no provisions. He had nothing. And he ran. And you know where he ran? He ran to the priest. He ran to the person that he knew was in the presence of God. So he ran to the priest. Um, so when he's seeking peace, David, like we talked about in the last episode, understood that there are two kinds of peace, and he ran to the peace that is offered through God and God's provisions. And so when you're seeking peace, remember, there are two kinds of peace. There's the peace the world offers, and then there's the peace that God offers. So David ran, and um, David said to the priest, hey, you got any food? I'm hungry. And the priest is like, hey, man, what's wrong with you? Why are you here? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm on official king business. No, he wasn't. He was actually running from the king because the king wanted to kill him. And the priest was like, well, all I have is the presence of the showbread, like the, that bread, which was sacred set-apart bread, but it was always hot. Y'all, come on. You know? Some hot bread. Mm. Like, hot bread temporarily will, will give peace. me peace temporary peace that's <laughs> yes. the temporary peace the world gives you that's the point the world only gives temporary peace. yes but david took that bread of the presence as a provision and a reminder and so i have to believe when david is you know running and he gets he gets the bread and he actually ends up needing a sword too so he asked the priest hey do you have any weapons and the priest said oh actually, I have that sword that you killed Goliath with. And David said, that one will work just fine. Because you see, David had already shown that he trusted God in the past. And now when Jonathan says to David, go in peace, David runs to the house of the Lord, is provided food and a weapon as a reminder, David, you trusted the Lord. When the Lord told you to go fight Goliath, 
when it seemed impossible, you trusted in the Lord. And so I just think that's a neat picture. And then when David, after that, David leaves and goes and hides in the cave of Adullam. And when he's there, that's where he writes Psalm 34. And that's where he writes, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I have to believe David was remembering how much how good that bread tasted and savoring what God had provided for him. Yeah. And I, I don't think, I mean, if we're honest, this concept is not a new concept that we need to seek peace. We need to look for it. We need to desire it. I think we do it all the time, all day, every day, but not in the right places. Yes. I mean, I think that's why we see so much, um, difficulty and anxiety. Not that some of these things aren't organic, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're from the fall. We have physical ailments. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about seeking peace in things other than God that provide very temporary relief that you have to continue to go to. Yeah. I mean, and not that we don't continue to go to God. Right. Right. Absolutely. So that kind of brings us to the idea of what are those specific ways that we can seek peace? Like how, how do we seek the peace that God offers to us in the middle of the storm because my situations that are in my life right now that are chaotic and feel out of control um, and don't feel peaceful they haven't changed in the last 12 hours they haven't changed but I am sitting here now feeling a peace that I didn't have three hours ago Mm -hmm. and so how do we seek that peace And um, one of the first things I think we need to recognize is that we need to praise God. So if you don't feel peaceful, one of the ways to seek the peace of God is by praising God in worship and reminding yourself that he is worthy to be praised, even when you don't see the result. Yeah, that's a good one. Put on some worship music. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and actually listing, too. I think it's important to list God, to list out to God the things that you're praising him for mm. um, specifically. So one of the other minor issues that has happened in my life this week is our washing machine broke. Um, the irony of the story is a friend's washing machine broke, and so she came over to do her clothes here, and then my washing machine broke. <laughs> That's just like the kind of thing that happens when you say minor. It's like the kind of thing that happens when you're already like everything else is yes. out of control. And then something like that happens and you're like, seriously? Yes. Yeah. And so I really like we do laundry. My son plays soccer, which means that we do laundry pretty much every day because of his soccer uniforms. Because y'all an hour and a half playing soccer, those uniforms mm. got to get washed on a daily basis. And I've never really praised God for my washing machine. I've taken it for granted. And this week, when I haven't been able to, and I've actually had to go to your house, Suzanne. I don't know if you knew that because you were out of town, but I've been over there twice to do laundry this week. You good. Yes. (laughs) At Suzanne's house, just me, Suzanne, and the dogs. Somebody was doing laundry while I was gone because I know nobody else was. Well, we did. But but one of the things when I was feeling um, stressed and without peace and feeling chaotic, I just said, you know, thank you, God that I do have a washing machine. Well, technically it should be here in the next couple hours, but um, I did, I started praising God and listing specific things. It seems weird to praise God for a washing machine, but do you know that that really did usher in like a feeling of, oh, he he will take care of me. He will provide for me. Um, It's a perspective change. I think it helps you see, and again, refocusing 
on God's goodness instead yes. of focusing on the negativity that yeah. surrounds you. Right. And I think that's the second thing that you have to do to seek peace is to really stop ruminating mm. and start remembering. Mm, that's good. You have to stop ruminating. You have to get out of that negative, crazy cycle that we all get in, that I have definitely been in this week, and start remembering. Just like David went to the priest and the priest said, oh, well, the only sword I have is the one that you used to kill Goliath. You know David had to hold that sword in his hand and remember he was a little boy, maybe 14 or 15 years old, and he struck down Goliath and cut his head off because David trusted in God. And so David remembered that, and now while David is on his own with no food, no weapons, and no other men around him, he is remembering how God had shown himself faithful in the past. And so we are called to remember God's faithfulness in our past lives. And if you don't have a time, like maybe this is a new journey for you. Maybe you're starting new on your walk with the Lord and you don't have a past to remember. The fact that you're interacting with God, that in and of itself is a reminder that God's been faithful in your life even when you didn't see it. Um, so start there with thanking him that, you were, that you're there. It's interesting because when I was doing some research for this, I actually looked up like what the National Psychiatric Association would say about negative thinking and feeling chaotic. And it, and it talked about how you have to stop ruminating. You have to stop that process. And you have to, one of the things it said was deliberately recall times when things worked out, even with challenges. And I just thought that was so interesting that the National Association of Psychiatry is telling you to recall when things worked out because that's exactly what scripture says over and over. Remember the faithfulness of your God. Remember who God is. Remember God's trustworthiness. And so I like it when medicine and the Bible come together. Yeah, when science and, and, med and medicine, well, medicine is part of science, when science and the Bible come together because we hear so much culturally that those two things are in opposition to one another, which couldn't be further from the truth in my personal opinion. Yes, and my personal opinion. And so if you have her personal opinion and my personal opinion, that's the best personal opinion. <laughs> You've almost got truth. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you girls glad that we actually do rely on scripture? <laughs> um, but yeah, I love that. Stop ruminating and start remembering. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is... The National Association of Psychiatrists also said, which I thought was so interesting, separate out different problems or break down larger problems into smaller parts. They talk about tackling one issue at a time and a step-by-step -step plan. And I was like, you know, that makes sense because part of what has been feeling chaotic for me is the future. There is an unknown in my future in lots of areas of my life. There are some unknowns that we are facing. And I catch myself worrying and being stressed and anxious and not experiencing peace because I'm thinking what's going to happen in three weeks, in three months, in a year from now. And, you know, this warning was take it one step at a time, break it down. And you know what God's word says? He says, I will give you today your daily bread. It is very interesting to me that in the Lord's Prayer, He gives us daily bread. And I think I've said this before because it's really a revolutionary idea that I've just kind of started understanding, but it's 
daily, not monthly, not weekly, not yearly, so that I come back to the source every day. And I come back to him every day for the needs that I have for that day. My grace is sufficient for you today. You know, my provisions are for you today. As a matter of fact, when the Israelites were wandering in the desert and he provided manna for them, he told them, go out every day and collect an omer of manna for that day. When they collected more than what they wanted for that day because they wanted to store up provisions for the future, do you remember what happened to it? It got infested with worms, infested with worms. Wormy apples. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, not apples, but that's what I think of with worms and food. Yes. So Mm. again, we have that picture in scripture where he's saying, stop trying to store up your money to protect you from what might happen in the future. You know, he's saying, stop trying to store up for yourself something that I'm not providing for you. Today, I will provide the peace that you need for the things that you face today. And so for you, if you're feeling unpeaceful in a situation, I just wanna encourage you first, ask God, give me what I need today, Lord. And then whatever that situation is, write it out and see if it isn't maybe that you're trying to figure out something three weeks from now and you're worried about something that may never happen. Great example of this, the other night in part of the chaotic conversations that my husband and I were dealing with on the way home from that game, y'all, I can't even begin to tell you, but this one conversation my husband was having, it was a work thing. I literally thought the world was ending. I literally was like, it's Armageddon. We're all going to die. I was so stressed out and like. And she's got 42 boxes of cereal to prove this. (laughs) Because y'all in the conversation, it was like, this technology is crashing worldwide. It, everything can end. And so literally he's on this call and we are in the grocery store buying all this canned food and all these cereal boxes. <laughs> I should take a picture and post it because it was like utter chaos. And I was trying to store up in case something bad really happened. Y'all, nothing happened. Nothing. We didn't lose internet. The bank systems didn't crash. I don't need all this cereal that I have right now. I am going to donate some of the canned food to one of the blessing boxes in town. I really am because yeah, I was sure. like, well, you probably won't eat it all. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just crazy. But I, but what was I trying to do? I was trying to control the situation to give myself some thought of peace and not just saying, God, I trust you. If the world ends tomorrow, why do I need all this food? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think, I think, You know, at some point, all analogies break down, right? But, I mean, it's not bad to prepare. We're not talking about preparation. We're just talking about is God in your preparation, maybe. Yes. That's such a good point because I do think that you need to think about your future. And I do think that you need to anticipate the good future that God has for you. But that's the key word in preparation of the good future Mm -hmm. God has for you. So I was not preparing for the good. I was preparing for doom. And I think there's a little bit of a difference. You definitely need to be praying and seeking God's guidance on what you should do in certain situations. But ultimately, I think it comes down to calling on the name of Jesus, trusting that he will provide for you daily. Yes, absolutely. And and there's a verse, right, that says, um, don't worry about tomorrow, basically, because today has enough worries of its own yes um and so i love that the answer to that is that god will provide your daily bread yes absolutely 
And I think that that's so true because he absolutely does that for us and he does it over and over again. And the the other thing that really stood out to me, Ephesians 2.14 says that he is our peace. Like Jesus Christ is our peace. And we talked about that on the last episode, that he is the prince of peace. And he is our peace. And he is going to make all things right one day. And we just need to hold on to that truth. Um, And so I think, you know, hopefully that helps a little bit in, first of all, helping you recognize, do you want peace? Are you striving for it and looking for it and pursuing it? And then identifying areas that steal your peace. And then hopefully some of these steps will help you learn how to seek that peace because it doesn't come naturally, but I promise it is there for the taking. The fact that I am sitting at my kitchen table recording this podcast today is absolute evidence that God is a God of peace and he offers it because I promise you it didn't feel that way a couple of hours ago, but walking through this process and doing some of these steps, I really am truly at peace. And I think, again, one of the important things too um, is the remembering. So if you're finding yourself today in a place where you're really struggling to find that peace, take a pen and paper maybe and just jot down places where God has moved in your life. Absolutely. And th- and just ruminate on that. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Recall all of those things that he's done where he's moved on your behalf. Or go talk to someone else and ask them, hey, have you seen God's faithfulness? Because remember in Revelation it says that it's through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony that we will overcome the enemy. And I think our testimonies are powerful, you know, and that's exactly what you did today. You kind of encouraged me in that and reminded me of God's faithfulness. And so, you know, you need to hear those stories. And if you don't have your own, talk to someone else. And and I think prayer. I mean, yes. don't, I mean, I know we've talked about worshiping and we've talked about prayer ad nauseum on this podcast, but I will never stop talking about prayer. And I think that prayer really is a, a conduit of peace. Absolutely. Um, You know, just getting alone with God and talking to him. If you one thing I I enjoy about the Psalms, um, just in general, mostly David's Psalms, I think, is that if you read one from the beginning to the end, you can see the whole um, transcending of David's despair and sorrow and probably chaos to his praising God, remembering God to by the end, he's at peace. Yes. I mean, it's just kind of like it makes me feel less bipolar in my spirituality. <laughs> yes, because we all do feel that way at times. Yeah. yeah. And, and you can take all that to God and say, God, where are you in this? I don't feel you. And God can handle that and then worship him. You know, thank you for my washing machine. And before you know it, you're, you're feeling much more peaceful. At least that's how it plays out for me a lot of times in prayer. Yeah, me too. And ultimately choosing to trust God. Right. My future is unknown to me. But God holds my good future, and I trust him with it. And there is no safer place for me than the center of God's will. Mm. And I want to stay inside the center of God's will, even if that means that my situation completely gets turned upside down. There is no safer place than being in the center of his will, and that's where I want to rest, and that's where I find safety and security. And I don't know what that always looks like, but I have to choose to trust him. And I literally have said out loud a hundred times this week, Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I place my trust in you. Jesus, I trust your plans for my future that are good. 
And I think that's where we end up and we have to just stay there. So I think that um, brings us to our savor moment for the day. So for our savor moment today, I was kind of thinking about it, you know, and I was thinking, you know, don't ruminate on the negative, but recall God's faithfulness. And then I started thinking about marinating in the truth. Mm-hmm. And so what we want you to do for the savor moment today is I have the most amazing recipe that my husband makes. It's a sun-dried tomato vinaigrette that you pour over a coriander encrusted beef tenderloin. But this beef tenderloin has to marinate at least eight hours overnight. Um, but I am telling you guys, it smells amazing. It is amazing. And we're going to share that recipe with you. And as you're preparing that to marinate, I want you to marinate in God's truth. Literally let God's truth seep into every single thought in your mind so that you can taste and see that the Lord is good indeed. If you don't want to do this fancy, long, complicated, I don't think it's complicated because I don't do it. My husband does it. So I just sit in the kitchen so and talk to him. So I just eat it. It's, so I don't think it's complicated. But um, anyway, if not, then the next time you marinate some chicken to throw on the grill, when you think about marinating food, think about marinating your mind in God's truth, because that's a surefire way to help you choose to trust God and to seek peace and to have good days and live life to the glory of God. Amen. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for being with us on another episode of the Saver Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you for those of you who have left reviews. It helps us so much and we appreciate it. We love you and we hope you guys have a great day. Thank you for being with us today here at Saver. This podcast is a ministry of Crosstown Church. For information about SOAR Women's Ministry or Crosstown Church, please visit crosstownchurch.com or download the Crosstown app. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to like, subscribe, or leave a review. This helps people find us.